You're listening to Three, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Three, a podcast where three filmmakers get together to discuss movies. Join us as we dive in to figure out how these movies work and what they can teach us about the art of filmmaking. Whether you are a filmmaker yourself or you just love to nerd out on the art of cinema, we invite you to take this journey with us. This is a film discussion by filmmakers. Today on the podcast, we are going to be reviewing the film, Blow the Man Down. It came out in 2019. Directors Bridget Savage Cole and Daniel Crudy, starring Sophie Lowe, Morgan Saylor, Margot Martindale, Gail Rankin, Annette O'Toole, June Squibb, Ebon Moss, Bogshire, and many other faces. Oh <laughs> uh, if, if you haven't seen the movie, why would you listen to a podcast about the movie? Because we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then run back and listen to our amazingly perfect and compelling and interesting conversation on three. We are here live. This is kind of like a weird thing for us. William and I are in the same room. Yeah, what do you call that, live? And I'm alone, which is not weird for me. You guys are like on look. Yeah, what is the word for that? You guys are hanging out. We're hanging out. I'll know we've peaked in this podcast when we all are in the same room together doing it. That means that the world is in a better place (laughs) when we can travel. What's going on with you guys? Anything new you want to talk about at the beginning of this thing? Or shoot, what do you got going on? Yeah, um, William's in town specifically because we are uh, kind of in pre-production for a new feature. William came into town to kind of meet the crew that are already involved in the project. So that was actually really cool because it's the first time. There's kind of like four key people that are involved in the project at the moment. And because I'm in town in Sarasota, should we be saying like where we live? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in case there's any stalkers out there. Only our parents are going to listen to this podcast anyway, so I think we're fine. (laughs) And my wife will listen to it. Yeah, exactly. Anyone listens to it already, they they know. They know what's up. Thinking small potatoes. Small potatoes. Jason's going to take us big time. Yeah, okay. I'm taking taking you to the top. (laughs) But anyway, so um, I've been working with these guys in Sarasota, kind of commercial filmmakers that are wanting to get into the narrative space. And so kind of showing them the process of making like a narrative feature. So um, William and I have been talking about this project for months, even before these guys got involved. And so this is finally the first time that we got to bring everyone into the same process. So we're on the same page. So we got together today and it was awesome. I feel like there was some good chemistry and the meeting went really well. And everyone's super excited to get rolling on the project. So when are you guys getting rolling? How soon? Um probably once our wallets are full exactly (laughs) okay yeah never the goal is to kind of spend the next two to three months trying to gain funding for the film and then take a month to uh well we'll be pre-producing the whole time but take like a solid month after we find the money for it and then shoot shoot crazy we're actually gonna have a pretty aggressive post-production schedule trying to like get everything fully done by early next year so it's going to be like a why are you guys being aggressive aggressive is just you know just the way to do it man just to get something done right america fuck yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're just aggressive we're just it's the way aggro i've got we got to come up with a company name by the way namaste (laughs) miss that one all right cut that one that's too much of an inside joke so will Will wants to name his uh, production company Namaste, but specifically you say Namaste as you like are blowing bubbles and going into the water. So that's just you go Namaste, Namaste. Is that like super cultural appropriation territory, or am I misreading something? Yeah, no, it's it's. I think yoga's kind of made it very universal. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> what are you thinking? But but. I'll take you. I thought I don't know what the what's the bubble thing. The bubble thing kind of sounds like racist or something. Well, when you when you see the title card come up in the beginning of this amazing feature film, you know, and and it's Namaste comes up. The it's gonna be like a swimming pool, and then this little cartoon guy jumps up, and when he's in the air, he's gonna go into a yoga pose of some kind, and then 
He says namaste as he's Where did this hits come the water. From? What, what am I listening to? I don't remember, we were, honestly. I think we were in the pool talking. Your wife was there, too. I think she was. Yeah, yeah. so Felicia was there. I don't know. We were just cracking up She'll about remember. it. She'll remember. So it's like, it is- namaste. Yeah. yeah. What? And, and it stuck. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but you got to admit that sometimes those title cards of those, because what happens, and actually this is interesting, is that big films create their own production companies to make that film under, and that's why you see so many different ones come up at the beginning of the film, right? Mm-hmm. In association with this company, right? It's because if Warner Brothers is making it. They can start this little production company to actually make the film so that if anything legally comes back at them, they get sued or something, it goes to that little company, not towards them. Right. Right. So Makes sense. Anyways, that's an interesting part, but have you noticed that sometimes those are the most ridiculous things? Like, like the names of the companies? Yeah. It's yeah, like, they're kind of wild. It doesn't re- or, 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 the, or the little animation that it comes with, you know? Like sometimes Bad Robot was is like a robot running back and forth in the wheat yeah. fields. Yeah. That's true. And, um, like that, you know, like that all, one with the weird, that one with the lion or whatever. What do you think? Roar? That one? Yeah, the Roar one. MGM. MGM. Dun, 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 well, that's no, that wait, that's twenty first century. No, that's twenty first. Cent- cent- yeah, yeah, I don't know. Twenty first. Searchlight. Searchlight. Pictures. Miramax. A twenty four. A twenty four. A twenty four is my favorite right now. It's everyone's favorite. The the most ridiculous ones are the ones at the end of TV shows. They're always really obnoxious and like cartoon. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. If you sit through the 10 seconds of TV credits. Yeah, they always are. They're like, like whoa. It's like some random yeah. like guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one more time. One more time. Whoa. It's like, and it's like some like guy. It's like barbecue productions yeah, or something. I know what you mean. It's I feel like you face. need to do like a whole segment in that voice. At some point. Oh, no. See, see, they get away with it more because it's at the end of the show. At the end of a funny show. Well, but in features, they still, like, in movies, it's not, it doesn't always reflect the mood of the show, obviously. Yeah, it always feels like a weird lurch. So ridiculous. Yeah. But they don't go so ridiculous that it, like, takes you out of the whole movie. Yeah. Some of them (laughs) kind of are. And then you go into this horrific thriller, (laughs) super suspenseful. And all you can think of the whole time is of this voice. <laughs> do you guys ever, speaking of a good memory of like, when you guys are at the theater and the, the trailers are playing, do you ever like get nervous that the movie's going to suck by the shitty trailers you're watching? Because always, they're yeah. always somewhat connected. And if they're like oh, really, really mm-hmm. over dramatic or too inspirational, you're like, uh-oh, like what am I in for? And I always wonder <laughs> how I much thought remember. goes into how what trailers play before what movies. It always well, feels on it, brand, but it has a lot to do with uh, demographic. Oh yeah, it's like marketing and stuff, right? Yeah. So I remember sitting in the theater. I can't even remember what movie it was, but it was like all these teen dramas, you know, teen books made for movies. Twilight. Or, I can't remember. Like all those, all those trailers were happening, and I was like, oh god, what what movie is this? You know, like I was scared. Mm-hmm. It happens. Anyways. Should we just get right going here, guys? What are we saying? Yeah, let's get into it. That's a good intro. We did. We talked for 10 minutes, and I think that's maybe what we should strive to achieve every time. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's probably it. That was it. all interesting content. It was all interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's all we need. Okay. I like our I like our conversations. Yeah, I like it too. Good. <laughs> you know. If you didn't like talking with us, it would be a really awkward position to be in. <laughs> well, I think the, the masses are going to like our conversations as well. Yeah, Not great. Not just our mothers. I, I think my mom really probably wouldn't. I've been swearing in this. She'd probably like, what? Not my no. son. I've been cussing up. I'm going to cut out all your like cursing and edit it together. <laughs> Send it to your mother. <laughs> Send it to your grandma. So good. That'd be the funniest <laughs> sound bite. <laughs> it's just me like, ah, uh, fucking, uh, fu- mm, shit, fu- uh, oh, just like stuttering. So the next time, the next time you say that you're like heading back to like your home, mm-hmm. we're gonna send off that audio. <laughs> just email it. We should do email a. It. We should also do a, a super cut of every, all of us saying like and just like us all having a conversation, just going like 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 like, like, like. you know like <laughs> like like you know what I mean. I've been saying on this podcast. I realize 
You know what I mean? I say it all the time. I say you know still. Sure I has me still say I've been saying like, oh, it's interesting. Or interesting. Interesting. Like things that aren't interesting, I keep saying are interesting. <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's, interesting. it's become like a... I'm not, Caleb's I'm trying, been lying this whole time. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm like, no, even like more like, oh, what I find interesting is this. Or I find that interesting. It's like, even if I don't really find it interesting, I'll kind of use that as some random filler now. I don't know where it came from. Anyways, today on the podcast... Um, I looked up this one of these directors, um, and she was a camera intern on Black Swan, and she was a PA on Cowboys and Aliens. That's Bro. kind of interesting, right? To a, a feature directed by someone who was like a camera intern on this epic movie, like Black Swan. There's something interesting about that. Well, it's it's kind of cool because I think we'll journey. see that more because like we we came into like worshiping these movies, but that obviously the future people, lots of them had to be involved in that on like a lower. Like in like five years, we'll be seeing PAs of movies that were on. They're PAing movies that we love now. Ideally, ideally that's the way the industry works. Maybe it doesn't really. I would like to think so. Okay. Anyways, let's uh, get back to the movie here. The I'm just gonna start with the synopsis, the short one. When you Google the film, and then we can go on into first impressions, like we always do. Synopsis: Mary Beth and Priscilla Connolly attempt to cover up a gruesome run-in with a dangerous man. To conceal their crime, the sisters must go deep into the criminal underbelly of their hometown, uncovering the town's darkest secrets. Uh, I picked this movie because a friend recommended it to me and said it was really charming and came out of nowhere. And he also said that he found it encouraging how accessible it was, like how it felt like something that we could have made, which was encouraging to him at that time, which kind of made it stick in my head. Something that was good and seemed possible. What was your guys' first impressions slash number score? Jason, you want to go first or Will? Well, yeah, my first impressions, I I thought it was a fun movie. I think the things I loved most of it were its visual style for sure. I loved its like quirkiness and I loved the, I feel like there's a lot of really just interesting characters in it. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, I I think it's, it's fun. It's good. Um, I feel like there's some elements of the story that they could have capitalized on or pushed more towards. The most interesting parts of the story feel very kind of just like swept under the rug to me. Um, but that's about it. But not to take away from it, it was a fine movie. It was fun. It was quirky. I liked it. And three and a half stars. Fair. Jason? Um. Yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Like it was, it was good. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, I. It was fine. Yes, I totally hear what you're trying to say. I'm trying to. I'm trying to, to see if I liked it more than it was fine. You know, like, <laughs> like it was interesting, and I, and I thought there was like some weird, you know, like the, um, the fisherman chorus that happened throughout the film probably my favorite part about the movie like i just thought that that was super interesting i really liked it um but as a whole did it like all meld together i don't know but it was it was fine it was nice like i I think that we had a good time watching it i enjoyed portions of it um but yeah i think fine is probably where i stand so i'm gonna give it three stars two and a half stars i'm gonna say two and a half stars so 50 percent. yeah yeah that's fine that's totally fine two and a half stars yeah 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 my uh my view of this movie very similar it was fine i think what i liked most about the movie was seeing some of the imperfections of it like just seeing like something Mm. pulled off in a way that low budget not in a pejorative like negative way but like it felt like it was they didn't have unlimited resources and they still pulled off something entertaining and fun so i I really like it felt it felt like if a friend, friends that are people that I knew in my like in my stage, made a film and did a really good job with where they're at, it would feel much like this movie. Like when yeah. I when I watched Blade Runner twenty whatever forty nine, I it it's amazing, it's impressive, but I just get to watch it. I don't. It's not like something that I could really make. Maybe you could make it one. Like the percentage of people that can ever strive to make a film like that is so small. When I watch a movie like this, I'm like, oh, this is like if you wrote something, had a place like your hometown or whatever, and you just went out and made it, you could you could make something like this. And it could be a mm. good watch for people. And that's what I felt watching it. 
So that's kind of why I liked it. To me, the story, when it ended, I felt like it kind of ended. It rushed to an ending in a way. But yeah, I, I thought it was good. It was charming. It was fun. It was kind of like a new rendition of Fargo or something, you know, mm-hmm. without yeah. without the same, I don't know, the same, like Fargo was obviously better. It was an amazing movie, but had that same like. It was a very similar Similar spot. vibe, like, yeah. Like yeah. dark comedy, but quirky, weird humor. Yeah, totally. But I, I'm sitting at like a 2.8. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's only at a point, point 0.5. We've never established that that's the truth. Only 0.5? Okay. Uh, You've said multiple times that it's based off the letterbox Letterbox system, rating system. Which, you might, if you're going to be able to do 2.8, you might as well say we can have a 10-star rating system. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it three because it inspired me. I don't think it was a perfect. I don't think it was a three as a movie, but my experiencing watching it, it made me want to make a movie. So therefore, I have to. I don't want to like good rip it apart, but it made me want to make. So that's good. Yeah, nice. Where do we start with this movie? I guess we start with maybe a question I had. I picture where you grew up, Will, is being like this, and I don't know why. Yeah, is it like well, this? Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in New England, but I didn't grow up on the coast, so that's. Mm. It's very similar, but picture like I lived a little bit further back in those woods. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, for sure, very relatable place. Like I could drive to uh, coastal towns and they looked like that for sure. Yeah. I I thought they did a really good job at just giving that feeling of New England. The only other movie off the top of my head that has done really good with it is The Witch. And that was more just like he did a really good job at showing like how creepy New England can be, like the woods of New England. But this movie, it was just like, yeah, it made me like kind of miss home. Was it? It was set in New England. What? Where was this movie set? Maine. Maine. Maine yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like when I just visited Boston for a little bit. So, but it reminded me of like the small towns outside of Boston. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and yeah, Gloucester. New Hampshire. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it felt Gloucester. like. How do you say it? Gloucester. But it's like it's spelled. It's, it's spelled Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah. Gloucester. I, I, I was driving with a friend of mine. I was like, oh, Gloucester. And he's he just he wouldn't talk to me for a little bit. And then he goes, Gloucester. Wait, how do you say it? Uh, Gloucester. Gloucester. Gloucester? <laughs> and then the other town. The other town that don't, gets. Don't try it because it would be like saying Melbourne. The other one's Worcester. Yeah, exactly. So why, don't, why even tell me this stuff? I don't care. I'll sound like an idiot. I don't mind. Um, Fisherman, guys. Let's start there. Okay. Yeah. The fisherman singing. Opening scene. Awesome. Uh-huh. You guys liked it? Oh yeah, no, no harsh feelings toward it for sure. I d- I thought it was cool, kind of. It, it feels like a very like if you're gonna tell like this 1800 sea tale, you would have that in it. But the fact that they chose to do that in like a modern placement was mm-hmm. kind of cool. It, it felt like definitely made it more quirky, you know. For sure, there was moments. Was, yeah. was there not a moment when something happened in the real world, and then it panned to the rock, and then the sailor was just singing like as if they were existing in the world? There was like one in, moment in the world. Yeah. There was one moment where they did that. Yeah. Interesting choice. I thought it was really cool. Like, like I said, it was my favorite part of the movie. Um, however, there is a big however there. It felt a lot like kind of Emma last week with the really cool visual of the everything burning at the very beginning and how he kept switching to these like mm. um, sequences where she's like torching stuff with that that flamethrower that she had. And seemed like a little disconnected. So even though it was like a small fishing town, uh, dude, I want to I want to read the words. Like I'm wondering if the like the song is telling the story, but it just felt a little disconnected to me. None of that, you know what I mean? I didn't catch but I didn't cool, catch any connection with cool the words. Nonetheless. I mean, maybe there was. That'd be cool. Yeah, it kind of was just they they set up a vibe with that, like a maritime vibe. That kind of music is so tied to that kind of a world. So they just found a way Throw to set some up. clam chowder on the table, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then go eat a lobster roll. Go eat a well, lobster yeah, roll. And I had a lobster roll in Gloucester. I had some clam chowder in Gloucester, too. Nice. Way to go to the specific place. Like, I was told by this guy's family, like, you can't yeah. go anywhere but this one place. Yeah. You might know it. Maybe. Um, yeah, but lobster rolls and clam chowder are kind of New England's thing. You go along those coastal towns and mm-hmm. you find those places that do it. Yeah, but. It, was, it felt like the East Coast of Canada, too. Like Halifax, Nova Scotia, all over there, Newfoundland. It's very much the yeah, same. I mean, it's, it's, it's like we're like very close. It's very similar vibe. Very similar energy. It was pretty funny seeing a film where like 
you know it's set in a town, but you only see characters, like no extras ever. Do you guys notice hmm. that? It's like there was 10 yeah, cast. And I there think was they only... got away with it just because it was winter and super cold outside. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because, yeah, maybe. I was like, there like there would be like a like no scenes of like other cars, no scenes of other people, never like at an event. or the, It was just purely everyone that you saw on screen were talking characters, which is pretty interesting. No extras yeah. in this movie that I remember. What did you? What do you think of the two girls, like the main girls? And uh they're good. I should probably call them by name, though. Mary Beth and Chris. Priscilla. Priscilla. At the yeah. beginning, there's there's moments where you can there's like an amateurness to their acting that was that came through. I think at moments where it mm-hmm. almost like they got more confident as the movie went on. You know, when someone's playing a character that may not they may not be like if they're doing an accent and it kind of falls in and out. Yeah, I felt little tinges of that at the beginning of the movie. Even though they probably didn't film this movie linearly, but maybe it's the opening couple scenes with them. They hadn't fully found who their characters were or whatever. Right. I liked them. Yeah. And I don't have much to say for her against. Kind of like everything with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought their dynamic was interesting. I, I feel like I was invested in them from the from the beginning, for sure, as sisters. I mean, they kept something between them interesting. And to see them going through their situation together, like they're very different people. And I think even down to like the, the clothes they wear and the way they their posture was very mm-hmm. different. Right. It, very, it contrasted each other. And to, I think any time you throw two characters who are so completely different or ha- or are opposing in any way in a situation where they're forced to work together is it always creates for interesting story. Did you guys get that? Did you feel like they were very different? I mean, I I I feel like Priscilla was very like literally her posture was like super straight up and perfect and and then Mary Beth was very like the rebellious one who wanted to leave and all Which that, was yeah. kind of a representation of the town itself because you had like the old women who were kind of very straight laced. And then you had Enid who ran the brothel or the right okay. uh, the whorehouse, which is what they called it. I'm not making, <laughs> making a judgment here. <laughs> just <laughs> just to, I'm hoping not to offend anyone out there. But um, anyways, that's what they called it in the movie. But so you have... Um, Priscilla, who was very straight laced, like those older women that wanted Enid to kind of close down the brothel. Uh, and then you had um, Mary Beth, who was kind of wild, who was kind of out there, uh, very much like Enid herself, you know. It just felt like that there was kind of like these warring. Well, I think they were both halves of what their mother was like, was kind of the vibe I got. Like, so there was like the half yeah. of the mother that was. This community member that had the shop and was, you know, contributing, but also there was the other side of the mom that had this wild history with this lady. Yeah. I think that's what made it kind of interesting is they both were different versions of the mom that they remember. I just want to take a minute and say, like, I love Margot Martindale, who played Enid in this movie. Oh, yeah. I think she's an amazing actor. I think she's great. Enid was the person who ran the the whorehouse. Ran yeah, she's in Handmaid's Tale and crushed it. The whorehouse. The whorehouse. <laughs> no, this is that's what they called it in the movie. Right. She's like, yeah, the people are the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to say it with such like an emphasis? Oh, well, then there was the there was the whores. <laughs> so there was the townspeople, what? and there was the whore. The raspy voice is oh cracking gosh. me up. <laughs> this is a crazy word, whore. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. My I, wife's I outside the door probably being like, what the heck? What is <laughs> Did you, did, uh, did you watch it with your wives? I did, yeah. My, you say wives? <laughs> <laughs> laughing. No, I just gonna I say. I heard you say plural. I, I'm talking, this is... I'm talking to the two of you. Did you oh, didn't watch you guys, it with your. Didn't you guys watch it together? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we. <laughs> I feel like so I that. I knew that you guys watched it together, but then I, you asked, "Did you watch it with your wives?" It's like I don't know what, what you think Canada operates like, but we all don't have plenty of wives. <laughs> plenty I just of, think there's a bunch of whores in Canada. They grow whores up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I just gotta That's say so too, funny. I'm just gonna completely transition, but I've I this is the first time I've get to see Jason in his podcast mode and I get to experience 
what he's actually clicking through and looking at on his screen and it's incredible he has so many imdb pages open he had at one point uh, during this conversation he somehow went on the rabbit trail to lucas hedges page who's not in this movie <laughs> and then he, he, wait go back to the article you the page you were just on was... yeah he's on one of those uh you know when you're on those websites that have all those weird like in your face almost tabloid like pictures with headlines underneath them like porn he clicked one and it's it's no <laughs> The movie business is a cutthroat place. It's an article. And it's historic bombs that bankrupted studios. It's very it's fascinating to see him do this and well, know that this is what he's doing. Well, I do see, I do see him looking at this ad right here. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I wanted you to click that too, so I'm glad you did. There's okay. Let me <laughs> let me explain. First of all, the reason I had Lucas Hedges on because you were talking about movies in New England and I was trying to remember the name of Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> so Great. That like showed New England and then oh yeah yeah great movie so yeah great movie and shows a little bit of New England uh, so that's why I was on Lucas Hedges' page and then on the IMDb for Blow the Man Down I was looking at the cast and then there's one of those little ad bars on the side and there's this crazy <laughs> this crazy face looking at me and it says movies that failed so hard the studio went bankrupt <laughs> so. Yeah, text that to Caleb. So I had to click on it, and I gotta find out what these movies were that made studios go bankrupt. Is this is this how you operate with the internet, Jason? Are you like one of these guys? That I, just I research. If you start no, talking like, about but, something, but I like, will... no, but do you get like do you see pop ups and follow that trail and see other pop ups? Like, are you like no, no? <laughs> okay, that's what you... <laughs> I'm not a pop up person, but dude, check look at the image that Caleb just or that William just sent you. I'm not gonna lie, I always want to click those. And I'm glad you did because I don't because I feel like they're scam or something. It's the dude like, with the red headband. You see it? Nothing came through yet. I actually was more interested in why Ruth from Ozarks looks familiar. I know. I also <laughs> I want. That. I was going to click on that, but I, was, I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> I was just hoping you click on it. I I open up tons of. I gotta I gotta know what I'm talking about. So I'm I'm like opening up pages and like. No, it's how you roll. I love yeah. it. I I just never knew. I never expected that you went through this many pages this quickly while we're have holding while holding a well, whole I can, conversation. I can tell when he comes in and out though. I can tell when he's researching. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. Oh my God. That's Rain Wilson. Oh yeah. So does. the crazy, like it's apparently a movie that failed so bad. Okay. There you, you just, you should have just got it. Right now. I got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was the rocker. The yeah. rocker. Yeah. I listened to um, a podcast with him, interview with him. And he talked about this movie. And he talked about um, his experience of driving into work at of work on the office and hearing the box office results for this movie and just being so crushed that it did it was such a bomb. Have you seen it? I haven't. He's a really interesting. He's guy. a really interesting inc- guy. The cast included Emma Stone, Teddy Geiger, Swiss's young bandmates. Audience did- didn't think the rocker rocked. Wow. Nice. It grossed just two point six million over its opening weekend. At the time, the worst performance ever for a widely released movie. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Back to this movie. <laughs> a question I have for you guys. Uh, interesting thing. Okay, so these are first-time directors, right? Breakout film. That we're uh, one of them's directed a feature before, but I'd, it looked like a first feature. I don't know. What I, I find interesting and I've been thinking about is, like, when you make your first feature, it's such a feat of, like, stamina. And it's such a big time I don't know, not waster, but so much energy and money and resources that I feel like if it's your first feature, you would really, really want to say something or like have some crazy new voice or new edge. And that's why like some people don't yeah. make films is because we want to have like, what's, well, what's my voice in this world? What's what if I make a feature. It's, if it's going to take off, it's got to be this crazy thing. It seems funny just to make your first feature just something fun. Or something like, oh, that was a cute, fun story. Like, I don't think that this, I don't think it's a movie failed to be anything else. I think they just wanted to make a cute, fun story, and they did. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting that to choose to make that for your one of your breakout features or like one of your, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I never think to do that. I think whenever you talk to people, it's like, okay, you gotta have this big political arc or this big like thesis you're trying to get across. No one like that I talk to is just saying, yeah, I'm making a feature. I just want to make it kind of cute and fun. 
I don't hear anyone yeah. speak that way. Yeah, it's interesting. Not every it's like you you can just create fun stuff, entertaining stuff. Would you guys ever no? Would you guys do that if you made a feature? Just make something fun. I've been thinking about it lately. If I were to make a feature, if I would just do something like this more, it's like oh, cute, fun story. It seems like so much work. And yeah. Then, and then the last thing you want is someone to say that. It feels like oh, I would hate if someone just said that about my film. Well, I mean, I think that it was quirky and and unique and interesting. So I think I mean, there's a lot of com- not a lot of complexities to the movie, but there's. It's a mystery. It's a bit of a murder mystery. Uh, what secrets is the town hiding type deal. But it was done in a very cute way. Like it kept mm-hmm. a really good vibe. But I don't think it was any less of a movie than any others just because it was cute and quirky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be rooms. There's got to be room for movies that are like this compared to like what you're saying, Caleb, like super complex, deep trying to say stuff. Right. Or, or yeah, like right. tonally brand new. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's like the two ways you can do it. You can really try and say something yeah. or you can push a new aesthetic style or, you know, push the game somewhere. It's just interesting that people that have the just confidence just to like make something pretty straight down the middle. And it is good yeah. to have. People want to watch yeah. this stuff. They want to be entertained. It's just, this, just this, I wonder if they set out to do that. They just, yeah. This seems so confident in a different kind of a way. Yeah, I mean, it has 99% score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 74% audience score. I'd say that's really successful for a feature, a first feature. So it's a Prime movie. So was the Prime? pretty good. It's pretty, it, it's interesting why it got rated so high. Just because I guess people liked it. I guess that's yeah, I wouldn't think 99% were the um, Rotten Tomatoes, but. I could see a 74% audience score. I could see. Well, it was original. I mean, I can't think of much that's like it. Even Fargo. Fargo had more of a dramatic tone, I think, to me than than this movie. Definitely. Yeah. Comparing it to Fargo, I think is fair, but it it definitely, it it did it in a good way. It, it, It didn't, it wasn't trying to be Fargo. It was kind of like in that vein, but definitely took it its own way. Yeah, I never felt like it was like a Fargo ripoff. Well, I feel like the Fargo movie and the Fargo series, it's definitely like normal characters. Very common someone accidentally kills somebody and it has to they get looped into something, you know? That's very right, yeah. that's very Fargo to me. There's this idea of right. an accidental death and then what are you guys looking yeah. at? <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just watching Jason do his thing still. It's great. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to forget to watch the Rocker trailer for later. So I just oh. quickly went on YouTube and put in the Rocker. And so <laughs> it's... I was just watching him do it. Caleb, what do you think of the visuals in this movie? I found them very imperfect, but in a way that I liked. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? Very, very yeah. accessible. Very like embraced random mistakes. Was it on film or was it just like tons of film grain applied to something digital? Interesting that you ask. William. <laughs> wow, I researched this so much. Actually, I, I it was like a second that I researched it, but um on so they did a location scout to the town and shot a bunch of eight millimeter footage while they were there and and took that eight millimeter footage and said, Okay, let's this is the vibe we're going for. And so then they shot on an on an Alexa, I think, or an Airy in sixteen millimeter mode. And then shot at a high ISO and right. added fine grain. So they, they like mixed the grain in with the, the like the film grain in with the like actual grain from the sensor. Yeah, they made the, they dirtied up the image and camera and then added a bit more because it yeah, yeah it so definitely yeah, sold. It, it there was moments that felt super like it, the indoor stuff felt a lot more like it had the falling apart of a film feel. And I really like that. And then the outdoor stuff just felt like whatever it was yeah. clean and normal. There was moments like, hey, what yeah. is this? Yeah, it was yeah. visually kind of, I saw like a young DP in it where it's like there were certain scenes where it was like handheld and certain scenes where it was like locked off. It was kind of like the feeling of someone playing through it is what I felt. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's, the DP is, uh, was in a recent art magazine article I read that uh, was called like the Rising Stars of Cinematography, I believe. And it, he shot Hustlers, which is very interesting. So wait, oh, did crazy. he do was Hustlers after this or before? Yeah, Hustlers just came out like this year, I think. Oh, cool. So Hustlers was after. And Hustlers, Hustlers is like classic, just like classic movie territory aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Did you guys watch Hustlers? I did, yeah. I actually did because I read of that article I read on this guy. Oh, interesting. 
What's this? What's the DP's name? Uh, Todd Van Hazel. Yeah. What did you guys think of the cinematography? Uh, the first thing I noticed is some of the in first interior scenes. I was like, is that haze or a filter or a mixture of both? Yeah. Because it, I knew I could tell it wasn't like a black magic, uh, or a promist filter that kind of mm-hmm. more softens up the highlights because it felt like it for sure was softening the whole image. So I, I, I love that look of just like having those. I mean, that's kind of what's in too right now is having like a soft filter on the lens, but yeah, it's more bloomy kind of a vibe. Yeah. It was like bloomy, but it almost looked like haze too. And I couldn't really tell it apart, but that was another thing I found out when I looked it up was that they did have like a custom soft filter created for this film. So it's kind of cool. I do like how you said they, when they, there's a DP from here that's gotten super successful, but he always shoots everything at super like way high, like the higher end ISOs on Alexa sensors. I've always mm-hmm. really, really liked. He shoots higher ISOs, but then kind of underexposes. So it's a cool combo. Yeah. Like I like people that have the confidence to dirty things up, like while shooting. You know, just to, specifically to try to accomplish a style. Yeah. Yeah, or just like yeah. being like what like it's not just the cleanest like the goal isn't just to get the cleanest brightest perfectly lit shape piece ever right and i think that's being pretty and i think i think that's what you like get real i think i've gotten so hung up on that and like watch so many videos about yeah. like what but then you watch movies where the lighting is imperfect and people don't always have perfect shape on their face and there's a bit of grain or you push yeah. in the sensor further and it's like you don't really notice but you feel it and it's a nice thing it kind of makes me feel free as a cinematographer of like you yeah. know because sometimes you get so hung up, like, oh, what is like the native ISO, and like, okay, I gotta think about like, these exact, <laughs> you know, like, what is the what is the ratio between like light to dark sides of the faces, and I guess that's probably a huge part of what a cinematographer should know and be good at. But for whatever yeah, reason, when I hear about this, like pushing yeah. a sensor or like kind of the more hacker side of cinematography rather than the perfect execution, yeah, it, it makes me want to make stuff, and that's just my reaction to it. Right, it's almost purposely kind of breaking the image a little bit to fit the mood which totally, that's awesome. And I feel like they accomplished so well in this movie. I think between the color and, and the cinematography, it for sure set such a cool mood for the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. Super cold. Like that, I mean, yeah, super cold and that really, yeah, kind of like 16 millimeter style grain, hand, mm-hmm. like handheld, like like you said, it, there were these imperfections that kind of fit the whole backdrop of the town so well it felt like at times it felt like unprocessed footage like raw footage yeah you know how like Mm -hmm. if you're trying to keep as much um dynamic range and it comes out a little milky and then you know you can actually kind of push it yeah um in post but that's kind of a lot of it felt like just unprocessed yeah or uncolor corrected Mm. just a bit a bit milky and I, I think that that comes out when you are trying to not i don't think they're cutting corners per se but was it an actual filter that was on the lens or was it something that was put on in post for the soft softness yeah it was a filter they okay. put on like some sort of glimmer yeah. glass it was it, it said all it said was custom made so who, yeah they maybe who has that like, kind of who's making custom filters for a small budget movie it's so crazy can you just well, get it's them not in? that difficult because you just get those you rub little, vaseline on the lens someone sneezes on the front of the lens and they're like custom custom (laughs) they take they go get some of that salty main water and just (laughs) right on the lens (laughs) we're gonna make this some salty film right here then we can call it custom (laughs) dude i think that's actually more common than ever for people to be doing custom stuff like that yeah, I know, but like I always hear about, I always hear about that with like the big boys having like a custom whatever they have the yeah, new monstro right. or something from Red or, or like the deaconizer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see it with a filter because I think all it takes is reaching out to the right person at Tiffin or whoever the big other big filter companies are, mm-hmm. just be like, hey, we like we want elements of the Pro Mist and elements of the Hollywood. So for people who have no idea what the hell we're talking about, there is a series of filters that you put in front of the lens. That basically counteract the glass filters, square filters you put in front of the lens. That basically digital historically is way too sharp and way too clean. There's a whole swath of filters that cinematographers use to soften it up, soften skin, soften light to make it more like film. So there's some there's some DPs that just want the sharpest possible image or the most. I would say like a Deacons is in that camp. 
always uses like super yeah, super D solid. Yeah. Like he's now he's not one to do that. Use the same. Yeah, he hates lenses. flares and zooms and anything that breaks the fourth wall. Basically, if you can see anything on the lens, then he doesn't like it. Yeah, and then you have the other camp. I mean, I think Emmanuel Lubezki is is a DP who loves the sharpness and like he's always going after the highest resolution, sharpest lenses. Mm -hmm. But he breaks the wall in different ways. But yeah, it's interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he uses flare. And I don't. Nope. Off the top of my head, you know. Oh, he uses flare. You seen Trio Life, bud? There's some Ooh, light, there's yeah. some light flares in that it's one. Been a bit. There's also dinosaurs in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, dinosaurs are real, so whatever. Yeah, they are. <laughs> what What do we talk? I feel like I don't know what 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 do we say about this movie? Do we just a movie? Um, I, I think can, that's I more where I'm like, hey, like, do you want to make movies where people have the reaction that we had to it? Is that something that? Mean, well, I think is that is that a negative know. thing? Because like, I think there's not much. There's not much to say. There's nothing to argue about. There's not, I don't know, like the characters, you knew what they were up to. There's no like underlying thing or crazy development. There was parts where you laugh. There was parts where you've probably had other feelings. And at the end of the day, there's not much to talk about. And is that something that as filmmakers, we should be striving to well, make or we should be avoiding? I don't think that there's not much to talk about. I think that it's just not super interesting stuff to talk about. You know, like I, I thought the whole... Like the old ladies of the village getting together to try to control things, and yeah. they'll they'll even hide stuff, and then you kind of uncover that they were the part of creating the uh, brothel, or you could say, whore, uh, whorehouse, whore, <laughs> this whore. Um. So I thought it was interesting when I say that the movie is fine. I don't mean that it's bad. But I, is fine you know, bad? Is it the question was unique. I have. No, I don't think it is. I, I think okay. that you need, you got to eat your vegetables, yeah. you know? J Jason <laughs> used to ask a question, would you, I think it was you, Yeah. Um, would you like to have your name on this movie? Right. And yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's I would kind love of question to have your name on this movie. There's nothing I like hate about it, you know? And maybe that's the danger of when you try to start saying, having strong themes is that you become more polarizing in your <laughs> uh, message, you know? You, mm. you you can you can get a an audience who will absolutely hate your film, whereas a movie like this, you're just kind of like, hey, this is just pure storytelling. You're just telling the story, getting trying to get everyone in on it to be entertained and to go through the ride, not to be like, oh, I'm gonna change my mind on how I live my life after I watch this movie. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. I, I I'd be happy to put my name on this movie. Like I said, I don't I don't think my fine means that it's bad. I actually thought there's super interesting stuff, and it's very. But you unique, gave but you, you gave know, it fifty percent, right? Of my taste of what I would like to watch. I'd never go back and watch this because it was a little boring. <laughs> well, there we go. Like I think it's just getting down to it. It's like I think when things aren't like we don't hate them. Is that like you know like you gave it that, you gave it a basically like if you got if you did a test and someone's like yeah you get fifty percent you'd be so bummed you know well no because <laughs> it's it's yeah you'd be bummed but sometimes you need that fifty percent to go on and study harder like a good student so do you think that this Join. is like these people just knew what they were capable of doing and they played within their means and what they could pull off. And they did right by yeah. their stage. Is that kind of more? I I could I could feel that in this movie. It was more like a, it's, a, it's a setup for a future career. Because I think I'm that's, excited to see what they do next. Yeah, yeah, I could I can get behind that because I think that's something that I think about all the time with stuff that I'm a part of is that you can reach way too far as you know young filmmaker, or you can be way too yeah. safe. And I don't know, you want to kind of land somewhere in the middle because if you reach too far, it falls apart. If you're too safe, it's repeating history no one wants to watch that right whereas they did pull a, like the other aspect where you don't even show your work to anyone <laughs> oh my god yeah how long has your feature been in post for <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's hard you to wanna... judge when you've actually made a feature so <laughs> you can't hide behind that you can't hide behind that forever well you can't hide behind how i'm long not hiding behind it i'm not you the one jabbing it I'm not millennial. jabbing at I'm not jabbing at you. <laughs> oh, no. Are you not a millennial? Caleb. What are you? I am a millennial. Actually, I, oh, I hit the tail end of the millennials. I yeah. just wanted a, a chance to call you some snowflake related insult. Right. Fair. That's fine. Just been waiting. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to pull that one out? <laughs> so good. If we want to get like deeper into it, I mean I think some of the more interesting parts of the story was like 
the whole like matriarchal <laughs> side of these these <laughs> the matriarch it is true you know what i mean these old ladies who kind of like run the show of this town under the radar that is so kind of years. interesting so you have you have male characters very few and the ones that were and in they it, were all kind of like d- yeah like like they were running shit. like the, even the cop was like hey uh Oh yeah, I'll take a hot meal. You know, like yeah. he was just like, I, 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 I got this because I don't know who you're talking about, so I'll just say, you gotta eat a breakfast, Margie. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Kind of like the Fargo, the guys in Fargo. Yeah, it's a very similar thing of like these, and only most of the men were the singers, which is kind of interesting. Kind of like these, like yeah. this, like this way of life of these fishermen not providing enough. For the people in the towns, they got to make their own way. Hence, the whorehouse, or whatever you know. Because they talked about how <laughs> they talked about how the town used to be and how like you didn't know it was rough, like you had no idea. Which is maybe yeah, that, maybe maybe was... that was what I was getting at. I don't know. It didn't feel like that, but maybe there's something there of like, you know, all the romance of these like sailor singers. It's kind of what we see of those small towns, but in reality, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to read. Yeah, there's something. a lot more. There's a lot more to the story. You know, it's funny that there's these cute little sailors singing their song uh, but really they're the, the whole history of the town is that there was no money in the town and they were really struggling but at least what they had was a lot of fishermen coming in to port all the time and so they created a whorehouse <laughs> um and that is kind of what saved all these women what i couldn't figure out was were these women prostitutes at one point in time like when they were younger or did they just mm. help the business start out or it's kind of the all wanted right. to make money. Can... Yeah. You did, mm-hmm. didn't, yeah. Didn't really give it, get into yeah, that. Cause they had that conversation with Eden, Enid on the porch Enid. towards the end and at night. And the, basically, how did they say it? They have something about needing forgiveness as much as her, basically as much as yeah. Enid for the things they've done. But did I miss something there? Like, what were they alluding to? Well, I guess they all were, they all had part in this business, you know? And so then in a way, like, they were kind of blaming her for, this has gone too far, someone's dead. A girl's been, one of your girls has been killed. But they're like, well, you, you were on board and you benefit from this all this time. So you can't really speak to that, was the vibe I got. Why do they but want it shut down? Ever, Why do they, they could be only because it, of the- Originally it was fishermen that, that visited the brothel and then all of a sudden it was like the police chief and people that they knew and maybe even yeah. their husbands you know like oh, that's what they said yeah all yeah. of a sudden yeah all of a sudden this thing that they all supported to make money it kind of got out of hand it got out of hand and so and and, and then it, even like the whole crime factor um she watched someone get tracked down and, and killed yeah like the very opening shot of the movie was that enid looking out of her was it the opening shot? Yeah, yeah Enid, one of them. Yeah, oh, after sorry. after the guys were singing, Enid looking out the window, watching a guy kind of run after one of his girls and kill her. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, there's a lot of interesting elements to it. Well, the story which I just think they kept subtle, which might be a good thing, but there was a little bit of too much subtlety. I feel like I didn't have a clear picture of what was really going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. I couldn't really feel. Like, I, I don't feel like I st- still understand what the old women, how they were involved in the brothel. I, d- I don't understand what their role was. How did they profit from the brothel? Did, do you, did you guys pick up how these women actually profited from the brothel? I think there was business maybe partners. Bringing, yeah. So they were a part of starting it. Yeah, they started because they all were so dirt poor. They wanted to get some money going on. So they thought, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll make some money off these dumb fishermen who are lonely or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a it was a really tidy story. Did you guys did that bother you guys that everything was wrapped up in the end? That every like every part of it, everything I set up and then a conclusion. Like even like you see him chasing the girl and saying, "Give me back my money." And then there's some money and then you have to tie it all together. Did you guys like that part of it? I well, I don't I don't think that it really was tidied up. I think that it actually added layers. I think it did. No, well, I mean, one of the, the last scenes where the girls walked up to one of the old women washing out the cooler. Mm-hmm. That was the exact same as the cooler that they put the body in. It was like, the to cooler. me that said that. Yeah, it was the cooler, but yeah. to me that said that there's so much more going on. 
it didn't necessarily seem like a i mean sure the story element could be answered but like the the depth of deception or criminal activity or what they were willing to hide that that felt open-ended to me like it was that that part was interesting like you know it kind of felt like this old woman was kind of a gangster like right right at the end she's like just washing out the cooler going hello girls you know yeah so i just yeah i don't think that it was necessarily like super tied up i think it was like everyone has secrets and now that's just the ending point we all have secrets and I've, I'm only just starting to discover them. Uh, earlier, when you, your first impressions, well, you were saying that there was things they didn't go deep enough into. Was what you, or things that they just they focus on the wrong stuff. What what would, what was that? What were you that, getting at? That's kind of what I what I was bringing up there with talking about like the matriarch and kind of having these women who have been running this underground thing, almost pulling strings in the town for many years. And I felt like it was so subtle in the way they kind of danced around it. Which, yeah, it could be a good thing, but I feel like that those elements are the most interesting parts of the story to me, and maybe it would have been more interesting if they kind of played up on that more. Mm-hmm. Like the the idea of this like sec- almost secret society of old that is women. cool. Like I wish that it would have been like a revelation, and these women have been controlling everything in the town, and they alluded to stuff like that, but it didn't seem super yeah. strong. I thought that would have been a cool twist. Mm. Yeah, I think that was kind of it, though, and as far as that. Because my only problems with it were more the story just sometimes felt a little... It was fine. I don't know what else to say about it. Nothing to say. No, I think that was a good discussion on the film. I guess, right? yeah. I feel unsatisfied. Is there, is there more that needs to be said? I don't oh, know. I, just well, feel, I, feel, I, I don't feel... I don't have anything else to say. So I have to be satisfied, but I don't... I mean, I guess I'm just... You don't feel satisfied with our discussion? No. Why? I mean, like, it's just, it's just funny to not have anything to really say for it you know it's so much effort that these people put into this movie tons of effort decent amount of money i'm sure and then for us just to say and be like yeah i don't know it's just i guess i haven't been watching lots of movies where i have that reaction i usually go for like the acclaimed or the hated or whatever and then anything in the middle which is a large chunk of movies this is one reviewer kind of said because this movie is pretty great not quite fargo with lobsters but close enough and about as good as regional filmmaking gets So it's filmed in Harpswell, Maine, with the environs, the cob work of Bailey Island, bridge curves through one scene, Blow the Man Down delves clearly and suspensefully beneath the surface of a small, well-appointed fishing town in winter. There are bodies and there's blood. There's also a lot of quietly furious women. <laughs> I thought it really well written. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a good movie. It was fine. I think trying to pull out of it as much as you'd get from mother is probably just doing it injustice (laughs) yeah or like watching mother five times yeah like it's it's yeah it's not the filmmaker the filmmakers intended it to be probably this fine fun movie yeah and they succeeded and for that i changed my rating to five stars (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) should we do like what have our ratings changed at all through this discussion no i'm still at a three and a half I'm still at two and a half. What did I say? Three? Yeah, three. You tried two point eight. I tried. You try. You try to pull a fast one on us. Pretty fast. (laughs) Any takeaways? I don't know. I think takeaways are like just maybe just figuring out what scale you can play at and kind of sticking to that. What is what is this idea of region? region, It's as good as regional filmmaking can get. That was kind of what is. Yeah, that's. What is regional filmmaking? Just kind of using people of Uh, the area. Regional. Okay, there's urban and then there's regional. So like urban is like cityscape, uh, regional is like huh. farm towns, you know. It's right. Oh, oh, okay. I guess so. Small town kind of vibe. I would call that rural. Yeah. But yeah, you call that rural yeah. up here in Canada. Re- regional, like rural, is a form of regional. I thought it's regional like was more rural, like a way to make a film, where like you roll into a town. Maybe lots of these people are from there. And then you kind of stick within the locations that are there. You don't build anything. You use local people. That's what I would view a regional film being. But this. That's what I thought too. Was that what they did here? I'm sure all this crew was Boston people. Yeah. Which I, that's a takeaway that I like. I I like when people do that. I like when it's, I've always liked that. I like when you cast people in a town or you cast the real people. I don't know if that's what they did here though. Yeah. I don't know. I think the takeaway for me probably was. I think that there is a lot of confidence in the way that they did the like little sea shanty 
the the song um, mm. throughout the movie. And I, I like that. I think that they took a, a took a risk, and I think for the most part that risk played off. It didn't necessarily feel like it fit totally, but I have a lot of respect for them for for actually going in that direction and taking that risk. So um, for me, I think. I really love the strong concept or the high concept of this sea shanty that these that these uh, fishermen are singing uh, throughout. So I thought it was cool. I thought that that's something that I can take away from it. You kind of something almost disassociated with the plot, but it adds to the vibe yeah. and finding ways to incorporate that into your films. Because no one ever, I don't, I don't personally feel that liberty when I'm writing something, being like, okay. I don't know, just like have something seemingly random that's somewhat connected that just builds a vibe that is confident. Right. Yeah. Will, what were yours? Takeaways? Yeah, I guess just it feels like this film, after after all the movies we've discussed on this podcast, it feels like this is the first one that kind of gives permission to just make a fun movie if you want, <laughs> which is cool. It's refreshing. Right. We've really driven that home. But, but it's fine. It's fine, you know? <laughs> Is making it gives me is making fine work finally? the goal? Yeah, I don't know. Would you guys be actually I content think... with if like you were known for making fine work? It's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I know we've kind of already went past this, but is that you guys both said it's fine? You get pretty low rating, but you both said you'd be happy to have your name attached to it. I don't think anyone really yeah. wants to make work like this, do they? Which is fine. I think no do. one truly wants that reaction, do they? Yeah, but I, 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 this movie could have been more. I think that if it would have gone the route with the the women, like really. I don't know, really scratching at the surface of the, the underbelly side of things with the brothel and the controlling old women in the town. If they would have gone deeper with that. I think that it could have had a little bit stronger story. If they would have gone deeper into the, the murder mystery, which would have been just so overdone. I don't know. I, I just still think it's fine. Like, I think it's good. Um, I'd be happy to have worked on the project. I don't think that it's a movie that I'd, that I'd necessarily promote a ton, but still, it was a very unique all right, this is probably where it is. It was lacking for me in attention, so I thought it was slightly boring, but I thought it was incredibly unique, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that it was interesting. On one hand, I like it, and on the other, I didn't. Um, but yeah. I'm okay living in that tension. Like I, I, I don't think every movie that I watch needs to feed me the same way, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, hey, that's how I feel about it, at least. Right, and it's okay. Well said. Well said. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Very cool. Caleb, well well said feel, on well said on yours too. Caleb, do you feel more satisfied? Yeah. Are you not satisfied? I feel as satisfied <laughs> as probably this movie can let us be. It was just is what it was. <laughs> it was just. Yeah. It's kind of like the difference between being sa- satisfied with like a salad and satisfied with like a burger. You know, which is more satisfying like when you eat a salad. <laughs> it's like that was that was nice. You know, like I'm satisfied. Yeah. When you eat a burger, you're like, oh, I'm so satisfied. <laughs> you know, and you just not every all movie vegans. can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I did too by making fun of that. <laughs> I'm offending everyone today. Oh, yeah. Okay. If I could, I could come back and say, like, like, a burger or a good, you know, faux meat burger. Beyond meat. You know, beyond meat. A nice yep. soy lentil. Burger. I'll play it safe and say it, it, it's the difference between like a, a Caesar salad and like the house salad with ranch. <laughs> I don't so bad. <laughs> Caleb's lost. He's being unsatisfied right now. You gotta, I'm unquenched. I'm not satisfied. Okay, <laughs> fine. It's over. Whatever. We don't always always have to have good discussions. <laughs> oh we don't always have to have watch <laughs> good movies. That was great. I thought. I thought. That was a solid discussion, honestly. But no one got mad. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, you picked the movie, so. I know. Yeah. I feel super responsible. Well, who's picking the movie next? <laughs> Me. Billy. Should, should I go for it? Should I? Should I? Uh, yeah, what's the movie? Do it. Tell them. Next week, we're going to uh, watch and discuss Phantom Thread by Paul Thomas Anderson. Great. And that's all there is to it. I actually almost chose it last week instead of Emma, but I thought you would hate it. Me? Yeah. Hate Phantom Thread? I thought, I, because it's kind of a little bit of a period piece. Yeah. Like, I think, mm. I think I do have like a bit of a, a bias against, it's the same how I said about uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I just have a harder time getting into yeah. a certain era. And this is totally that. Like I, yeah. the rest of his movies, I chomp right at the bit at. And then this one I was like, yeah. Meh. 
I don't want to watch it, but I, if he's doing it, if anyone can do it right, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. P.T. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Great. True. I'm stoked. Yeah. At the very at the very least, we get to see Daniel Day-Lewis act, which is always a pleasure. All right. All right thanks sweet. for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on 3 The Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and join us next week for another film discussion hosted by Jason Solari, William Somero, and Caleb Ford.